This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hiya, I'm Jan Brayton and welcome to this episode of Everybody is a Poem. It's a podcast exploring all of life's ups and downs, successes and failures and everything in between. I'll read a poem to my guest and, well, sure, it'll kind of start from there. They're unfiltered conversations, so there's lots of swearing. And before I get on with the chat, don't forget you can support me further by subscribing to Headstuff Plus, where you'll get exclusive access to Behind the Lines. In each bonus episode, I share all the secrets, the people and the places that have inspired the poems in my little yellow book, What Day Is It? Who Gives a Fuck? So you can go to headstuffpodcasts.com forward slash register to find out more. In this episode, I speak with Angela Dorgan from First Music Contact. I sat down with Angela, it was before Christmas, towards the end of last year. She's the CEO of First Music Contact, or it's better known as the FMC, and that's a national resource organisation for musicians and bands in Ireland. She's a real force for the music industry, I say. Angela is a passionate advocate for the arts and the Irish music industry, and she's a regular contributor and expert voice on music and the arts in the Irish media. So, naturally enough, we spoke, of course, about her work with the FMC, because she's an inspirational force in the Irish music industry and not surprisingly she's inspirational too in her fearless approach to her own cancer diagnosis which she received in 2021. We talked about her treatment, the return of her beautiful hair which by the way if anybody knows Angela will know is one of her defining features and we also talked about the language that's used around cancer. I read her a new poem called Sound Body, which I texted to her when I wrote it a couple of weeks beforehand. And together in this episode, we celebrate the power of our bodies to heal and deal with all that life throws at us. Take it away, Angela. Now, today in the confession confession box, that's what I'm calling this. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's a studio with microphones. Um, I have Angela Dorgan. Uh, oh, Angela, you're another one of them lovely, healthy things that I gained from when I used to work in the music industry. <laughs> There's few enough of them. <laughs> yeah, like, um, so I met you, um, well, look at now you work for, or your business uh, is First Music Contact. Yep. Is that correct? Yep. Um, what was the name of it when I met you? It first? used to be the Federation of Music Collectives. It, the and then when all the music collectives kind of died away, we became First Music Contact. Yeah. Because uh, I remember, like, it was unusual to meet a woman. Uh, uh, yes. Because, yeah. like, it was all men yeah. that I was working with, really. Mm, and then not much has changed there, I'm really? afraid. Yeah, yeah. It was 20 years ago. I know, I know. Um, but basically... So for the listeners here, <laughs> Angela's the CEO of First Music Contact and it's a resource organisation for the music sector here in Ireland and you develop, showcase and support new and emerging talent in Irish music. It's funny if I ever, you know, I've got friends who have adult children now and kids who are, you know, kind of maybe getting to leave and start or yeah. starting college and stuff. And I all, and if anyone who's interested in music or if they're looking at it as a career now, I'm always like, oh my God, you have to check out the yeah. yeah. So um, Thanks, love. I wanted to have you on today because um, you're amazing. I think you're amazing. Oh, and uh, 
anytime I meet with you, I always come away feeling better about the world. And you're just a powerhouse um, in the music industry. If I get out of this without crying, (laughs) that's all right. We can cry (laughs) together. Um, Well, you're a powerhouse in the music industry anyway, because you've always been so you've always been so supportive and stuff. I know of so many artists and, you know, people in that industry as well, which has been amazing. Uh, I'd wanted to have you had you on anyway. And I wrote this poem at the weekend about thinking about the body and our relationship with the body. And I called it Dear Body. I'll read it for you now in a minute. And I just said, well, like when you were coming in, how about we read this poem and maybe we talk about, you know, our bodies and how we relate to them and, you know, and and all the different things that we kind of put them through. So I might start off with a poem and then we can just kind of take it from there. Is that all right? Perfect. So this one, uh, yeah, wrote it on Saturday. There's this woman called Grace Woodward. Actually, she was she is a stylist and she's kind of like an, a British celebrity. Uh, and she's really interested in how we view our bodies and stuff. And she had this beautiful naked photograph on her Instagram. And she just had the lines, dear body. And she's actually doing this thing now where she's encouraging, you know, yeah. I think it's everyone uh, to write a letter to their body. To nice. kind of, oh, isn't it that. such a lovely love that. thing? Yeah. So here we go. This was mine. Dear body. I didn't mean what I said about your wobbly bits. I love your stretch marks and scars and your big droopy tits. Your round blancmange belly and your two boiled ham ties. I love the crepe paper creases around each of your eyes. I love the pimple that lodges on your forehead for weeks. I love the hair on your toes and the dimples on your bum cheeks. And though sometimes I wish that your legs were longer. I'm you, you are me and together we're stronger. You hold me, you host me, you move me around. My body, my gift, dear body, your sound. Oh, I love it. I actually love it so much. It's oh. gorgeous. I love all your stuff. And like when, you know, I remember during lockdown and we were doing our walks in the park with, with your kids and stuff. And, and you were talking about the idea of like doing these poems and all these poems were just running out of you. And this was pre-book and God, I can't even... Like the amount of talent that is just oozing oh, out of you, you know, it's left. like you opened a tap, yeah, it and does it's feel just like flowing that. out. It's yeah. just, it's so amazing to behold and so brilliant to see someone you love grow in that way and just take, like, you've sprouted another arm in terms of your talents, which you have tons of them. Oh, um, probably one of your best talents was having the good sense to leave the music industry yeah um, but it? I, it's just it's <laughs> such a joy to see your body and the part of it the creative part of your body and the creative part of your brain just deciding I have this whole other bunch of things I want to say that I don't have an outlet for and just it's amazing it's brilliant I think anyone who doesn't have your book is an idiot um, and, and I can't tell you how many times I've bought it as presents oh no I'd way say there's like any of the cork sales are probably me oh um, like when you sent me that poem it just like and I knew we were coming in and because of what's happened in the last couple of years we were inevitably going to be talking mm. about bodies and it just it, it when I, you sent it the other day I just bawled crying did you? Just, yeah yeah it was exactly like I Tell me a little bit about your body. So so my body, I suppose, during lockdown um, went was under came under about three different stresses. Uh, One was with work. Mm -hmm. Um, We we threw it all on the field. We did everything we could to get um, 
we got a musician support fund started with funds from Imro and Irma and Spotify and it was first come first serve so when the money ran out the money ran out but yeah <coughs> we got you know a one off payment of 750 out to a lot of musicians yeah. during the first part of the lockdown yeah because I saw lots of you like yeah we went to parks for walks, but I also saw you on the telly lots. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, so kind of fighting the corner yeah, for, you know, well artists that, and musicians. So that was the other stress my body came under. So we also ran the MISP fund, which, you know, was very hard to do, um, but brilliantly rewarding. We just wanted to get as much money out into our sector because our sector, the music industry, the arts industry was hit the worst. Mm. And the third stress then was I literally, at the time, I was chair of the National Campaign for the Arts when COVID happened. And pre-COVID, I was on it for two years. It was once a month meeting. It was doing, an, you know, you put a lot of work in um, towards the kind of pre-budget submission and making sure you were having conversations with government Um those in government and those in opposition to fight the corner for arts funding and delivering supports for artists, arts workers and arts organisations. Um, and then COVID happened and we were every night, like we were just this team of amazing people. There were eight of us and then we became nine. And I just don't think I've ever worked with such a, a phenomenal bunch of people who every single person on that committee, voluntary committee, mm. took on a second job for the whole of lockdown and it was so that was the other pressure my body and then the next pressure came under was I was very shocked to discover last May um, a lump and uh, went and got it tested and was diagnosed with triple positive uh, breast cancer last May so then did 12 weeks of chemo five weeks of radio and a year of Herceptin shots with just finished in July so wow. a wallop from left field and a curveball yeah. of all curveballs I literally sure when, when we were doing our walks in the park I would run up and run back you know I yeah. I'm, was running we were getting in the sea myself and my my gabers and um, you know doing all the right stuff during lock so to get that on the way out of we're still in COVID actually but um, yeah. so that was a shock so my body's been through a lot over the last three years and just I've been just so impressed with how she's how brilliant she's been and how sound like that's the the thing that really hit me was the final word of your poem the sound bit that yeah. it was like how sound is she that I got through it my my body was so brilliant all through chemo um, I would have chemo on a Wednesday and then I'd have acupuncture on a Thursday and yeah. balance it out and then get in the sea on Friday and I'd drop back to a three day week and, and I did because all of that stuff around getting more funding for the arts and, and getting a basic income for artists trial over the line we were right in the middle of that and it was just amazing to have a focus like that Um. And I suppose it gave me a chance as well to look back and go, I've asked a lot of my body and gave her very little back. You know, I yeah. work a lot. I used to, well, I, I gave up smoking about 10 years ago, but I work in a very social context. So, you know, be going out and drink lockdown. And, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I wasn't, even though I had started to run and I walk everywhere and I'm healthy enough with, you know, my, my, the way I live, you wouldn't have, I wasn't being very sound to my body for, for a while and especially in the run up to the diagnosis um, would have been pushing my body to the limit. I would have been working 16, 17 hour days. 
you are the FMC, mm-hmm. like to me, you know what I mean? And um, you've all, when I think of you, I think of your gorgeous hair <laughs> and I think of the music industry. Like, uh, like I, I've always associated your role that you have mm. with you. Do you know mm, what I mean? And mm. obviously, it is me. You're so yeah, much more I made than it up. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm not surprised. Yeah. You know, when you're saying 16 hour days and stuff, I'm not surprised yeah. at all. Yeah. You know, during that, like she, like the minute I got my diagnosis, I, you know, you you start to look into okay, what causes cancer and what I was very interested in, um, the kind of metaphysical part of you know what I I think the body is a balancing act and Mm. if you're sick you're at dis-ease somewhere in your body whether that's you know your body is at at dis-ease with your your organs or that you're putting over stress on one organ by something else you're doing and you're causing an an unbalance Mm. and that that is your your body in dis-ease um, and it's uh, Louise Hay has a brilliant kind of glossary, Louise Hay book, um, that is a brilliant glossary of the um, emotional connections to different things. Yeah. Um, and the emotional connection to trauma and specifically breast cancer uh, or to the emotional con- uh, connection to cancer and specifically breast cancer can be um, stress or childhood trauma. Um, and I just found that very interesting. I lost my mum when I was five and lost my dad when I was 13. And oh I was like, God. is this my body just exercising this trauma into a lump to a really accessible place where I could get it taken out relatively easy? Yeah, I had a really it was an incredibly positive experience. All the treatment it wasn't fun. But it was a very positive um, experience. The staff that I went through, the way my my family and friends showed up, especially my two sisters, Mags and Assumpta. And, you know, and all my family and and especially all my sisters, actually, they're... um, there's a I think there's just a connection in especially breast cancer, but all of my friends, all of, you know, just really the way everybody turned up. I had a very positive experience of the whole thing and I knew going into it, it would be the making of me. And one part of that was my attitude. And, and the big part of my attitude was my body's not going to do anything here now that she's done the work to get this lump out. She's not going to put, do anything to put me in jeopardy. So what can I do to support her. So, you know, I was eating properly and I was kept kind of running or walking up until week like nine, mm. eight or nine of treatment. And then there's this amazing um, paddling group that paddles in dragon boats over on the dock um, specifically for women who are post breast cancer. And I joined that group and we go out in the dock every Thursday morning or every Saturday morning. Um, and Wednesday morning, giving back and, and just, you know, finding a way to balance and um, kind of give back to my body and repair, help her repair and stuff. And come here, did you ever think, you know, receiving a diagnosis like that? Did you ever at any stage go, well, why me? No. I didn't. No. I just saw it as a job to do. And I suppose okay. that's the way my brain is is made. I'm a real like, OK, this is a project. So I was like, right, what can the You know, my team at work are amazing. Um, Suzette and Karen, Lisa, just they 
you know, we were all taken aback and it was a, yeah. a bit of a shock. But um, I, I very much knew that, as you say, my job is who I am and, and that and not in the like, I don't know who I am without my job. It's just an extension of me. It is. Um, the, yeah. the the company I set up and, and still run and build and build and build with loads of people's help has remained at its tenant, at its centre, exactly the same organisation. The philosophy is how can we help the musician get from point A to B to C to D fairly protected, supported. And so we've developed a talent pipeline as artists go through the industry. So, no, I never thought, why me? I just thought, OK, how can I fit this in? Rightly or wrongly, um, so <laughs> and, and you know I know I don't have time to be sick. I, well, kind of was that a bit, and I know my sister Margaret and something specifically, um, were like, you know, what do you learn if you're not learning from this, mm. like. Because this is, you know, everything's a teaching. What do you, you know? So I suppose on a level, it's about learning that your body is a balancing act. So your life should be a balancing act. Mm. Um, And I've learned loads about the physiology of my body. But, you know, when I think like my my headspace now is as it does often. And I talk to the ladies in the plural group a lot your life becomes pre-cancer and post-cancer of course it does and you know our our friend my friend Kathy and and you've lost your friend to cancer as well um you know how dark it can get and you yeah. know um and i i suppose i was very uh pragmatic and you know for, to, if i'm being honest when i knew it wasn't you know, that it was stage one, that it was treatable and, and that, you know, survivable and it wasn't stage four like Cathy's. Yeah. I kind of was like, ah, well, do you know, it's not that bad. OK, and so wow. I kind of my my approach to it was this is something that I can work my life around and work into my life rather than having to put on the brakes Um. And and that works for others. There was loads of women in my group who just took the year off work and, yeah. you know, and, and reconcentrated their lives. But I suppose the difference was, as most of them would say, they didn't particularly like the job they were doing anyway. And and I yeah. love my work. And I, I think what I, I do at FMC and what I did do at NCFA is important work. It keeps me going. It feeds the body rather than taking away from it. So yeah. I, I do think, though, just to cut back in the hours <laughs> so yeah, yeah. um so i have stepped down from ncfa now I, i've done five years as chair and it's in very very good hands now come here are you enjoying the show check out this other show on the headstuff podcast network Hi, I'm Gerald Farrelly. And I'm Neve Kavanagh. And we have been friends for a very long time. And we regularly solve each other's problems. And now we'd like to solve yours in our podcast, Agony Rants. It's a weekly show where we offer you unwavering support. It's true. And it's the place to go if you need a place to vent or to get thoughtful advice. It's a serious lawsuit waiting to happen. Now, Grode, there isn't a problem that can't be helped by having a comedian and a Eurovision winner dissected before your very ears. Agony Rants is 40 minutes with two friends who just want to listen to you. Neve wants to listen. I dip in and out. Agony Rants has a new episode every Monday and you'll find us wherever you do your listening. I 
remember the first day I went home and bawled my eyes out because you're like, I literally stepped in. I had two, maybe three close people to me who had had breast cancer, who I could talk to really about what I was about to face when when the chemo came. And I remember Louise McSherry, I rang Louise and she was like, Marinans. And it was the best advice I think I got just as the chemo is going in, suck on merriments because the what the chemo does is it breaks, it burns down every um, uh, dividing cell in your body. So that's why your hair falls out and your nails fall out and all of that kind of stuff. But it also means that your mouth is always really hot and okay. sore and stuff. So um, so I had maybe two or three people that that I could actually talk to about what was coming down the road. Mm. But then I got into the boat in March and I was literally getting into a boat of 20 women who were literally and physically in the same boat as me. Oh, my God. You know? that um, is and mad. just the support. And I, I had to go. I have to go on this drug tamoxifen for five years. And, you know, I was able to go, okay, how did you manage the side effects? It was like a walking support group. It was yeah. just brilliant. And and they're brilliant. They've been going for 10 years and, and they're just a brilliant bunch of ladies. But also, you know, it's called paddling, which makes it sound very like, oh, la, la. but we like we're competitions or regattas where you're like, you're wrecked coming out of the boat. So mm. it's it's brilliant for your physical health as well yeah. um, and it also d- means that you're getting like I had a lumpectomy I was very lucky I didn't have to have a mastectomy but yeah. even that my body is completely different shape now because you get the radio and, and I have a, a big scar now and a dent in one boob mm. but because it had radiation for four or five weeks it's kind of a lovely tan and the rest of my body is really pale so the other group was like mm. Um, so it's funny they just even look different now when you look at them one of the other things about like coming out this end of it is you know I used to be so self-conscious about weight and the shape of my body and how I looked in clothes yeah yeah like that's part of the thing of even writing that poem is that you know like the way we speak to ourselves about our body do you know what I mean and it's often an internal dialogue it's not even sometimes you know what, look, we all look in the mirror sometimes and pull things back and say, you know what I mean? But it's just that sometimes internally the things that you might be saying to yourself, they're not very nice. Like, you know, and, you know, just like you, when when you go through something like that and then you kind of go, Jesus, you know, why? It doesn't fucking matter. You know what I mean? It does. Like you were saying, you know, like about maybe how clothes look on you or, you know, how how you might kind of speak, you know, internally yeah. to yourself when you put something on, it looks like shit on you, you know, and yeah. how that can kind of affect you and stuff. It's, it's it mental. is, and it's 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 a funny one because I often say to my friends and and also to artists when I meet them, and I'm like, you're gar- you've one person guaranteed to be nice here, only one. Yeah. Like, if people are generally nice, and you're probably going to have a lovely day, but there's only one person guaranteed to be nice to you and that's you. But we seem to do the opposite to ourselves and we, you know, and I've, I've done it and I've, I've been doing it, but I'm now, what's different is I'm catching myself doing it and I'm having that, I'm changing the internal dialogue to, hang on now. I just say, shut the fuck up. Well, that's what I say. But, but actually what, what was really interesting is for me, as you say, like my hair is, I have 
curly blonde hair I loved it um, oh you'd see it, like if you'd go anywhere oh, it's how people find me at festivals that was it's how like, there she yeah. is yeah, there's yeah. Angela there, yeah. you know, you know Angela with the curly hair yeah exactly <laughs> you know so but when I was waiting like when I had to have it when it fell out and I had to have it shaved off I, I loved that look because I had that look into my 20s I only grew my hair after college yeah. Um, so I loved the shaved again I, I wasn't kind of too emotional about that it was emotional getting it shaved off but um, as um, Louise and another friend of mine Hillary and uh, had said shave it off and don't wake up in a pillow of your own hair because mm-hmm. that's that'll do stuff to your 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 self-confidence and, and that's a really hard one so g- get ahead of it and get it shaved yeah. and I love to shave but post treatment when it started to grow back until literally last Thursday when it was long enough for my hairdresser to highlight it again I couldn't I would like literally had to when it started to grow back longer than shaved. Yeah. I had to cover like there was a week I covered the mirrors in my house. I just it, it upset me so much. Wow. And it wasn't I don't think a vanity thing. I was just looking at the mirror and I t- hadn't a clue who the woman was yeah. looking at me because although it was me, it wasn't a part of me I re- my hair was a different colour you don't recognise I just didn't rec- it didn't fall into place and then Thursday night I came home and it sounds very vain but it really isn't and it's a very difficult thing to explain and even put words to it because I don't know if I've if I even have the words yet but just coming home Thursday night and looking in the mirror with my hair the colour it always has been dyed not natural but the colour that I highlighted to was the first time I went oh there she is and yeah. it was the first time since last, you know, I think June when this God, came off. That's making me real emotionally saying that. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nice to be back. Oh, I'm delighted you're here. <laughs> it's the other thing, after diagnosis now, I don't give a shit. I used to be so mortified if people knew my age yeah. because of the industry we're in. Now I'm yeah. like, I am going to fucking celebrate. How old are you year telling left. me now? 54. Angela. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what a so gift. I what? know. Isn't it? Like, you know what I it mean? It really is. When you consider Cathy didn't get Yeah. Past Actually, 52. tell me a little bit about Cathy because you, you know, you've, like, Cathy was your bestest friend mm. in the whole wide world, or at least one of your, you've mm. many good and dear friends, I know. And Siobhan was one of mine. Yeah. And you knew Siobhan as yes. well. And She's Siobhan bad. had thyroid cancer and she she was 32 or 31 when she died um and having to go through it with the friend mm. then to find yourself yeah i mean like how like how was it that? was and and because and you, i'm sure you was couldn't help treated, but think of kathy oh, oh my god she was probably with you every day she, in the matter was well she? i think kathy found my lump if I'm being honest I was in the house and now I am not like you know I wouldn't consider myself 100% woo woo or 100% scientific I I like to live somewhere in the middle that the world is full of possibilities but also I believe wholly in science Um, but I was it was right after Cathy's birthday um, which was in March and I was at home the heating was on I had a lovely snug uh, jumper and pants on, or jump, you know lovely tracksuit or something something snug anyway and I was on the couch I was watching something 
and everything was warm and I was just I have a picture of Kathy up on my wall and I was sitting down with a cup of tea in my hand and just lay down on the couch and looked up at the photo and I was just having a short conversation with her going oh this would have been your blah blah birthday la 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 and next a shiver just went through the house the house got suddenly really cold and I folded my arms just to you know get warm and I put my hand straight on the lump wow Um, and yeah so I was like, okay, thanks for that. And and that it would be her as well. Um, and then I left it for a month because, you know, like your your boobs just get lumpy and bumpy yeah. during a cycle anyway. Um, so I left it for a cycle. And then when it was still there, went to my doctor and then got the diagnosis. But the thing was, as you say, me and, and Lizzie, Kathy's sister and, and Aileen and Zoe and all of her friends were with her during that journey. And most of that journey was in the matter. And that's where I got treated. Okay. Um, so I was literally walking the same corridors. But the minute my diagnosis was it's stage one, like mm. it's triple positive, but it's stage, stage one. one. I I knew I wasn't in the place where Kathy was. Kathy had a breast cancer diagnosis. She found a lump. She got it diagnosed on a Thursday. Um, and then it was the bank holiday weekend. And that bank holiday, her back was really sore. So we went, she went to A&E on the Tuesday. And I just, I was in work and she was still there. And she was like, they've just done this scan. And oh, I don't know what it is. So I was like, okay, I've finished my meetings at four. I'll just get a cab and I'll come up and sit in the thing with you. And then we're sitting there and they come out at about seven o'clock and bring her into a room. They wouldn't let me go in with her. And they said, um, you have cancer everywhere. Jesus. She didn't know she had. That was October. There was the, the bank holiday um, Halloween weekend. And she passed away on the 17th of July. So, yeah, so I I feel like she was with me, but also the strength that I gained going through that with With her her stood to me hugely. Um, And Cathy was very self-conscious about about her body. And she was when when she was, as she would call it, when she was mean to herself, it was always about her shape. and then she would, but she also had the fortitude to look back at a photo she really loved her and of herself and go, oh my god, why was I picking that? I look lovely there, yeah. you know. So, and I think it's a thing everybody has, and I don't think it's enough to say women anymore. But I do think, um, you know, there's an insidious media conversation where we're constantly having to tell ourselves something about us isn't something enough, and I'm like, for fucking who? Yeah. Like for who? Yeah. Because your girlfriends don't care. Your sisters don't care. The men who love you don't care. Mm. Anybody who loves you and is friends with you and supports you or admires you doesn't give give a a fuck. So actually, for who? Yeah. And I think that's the conversation we have to have about our bodies. Yes. Yes. Be healthy. Be good to it enjoy the shape of your body I love the shape of my body yeah and and including the big chink in the side of one boob now but you know I don't always and when I don't then I'm like and and when for me when I I don't diet but if I kind of um catch myself on I'm like I'm not moving as much as I used to and I love moving and it's good for my head and good for my heart yeah, when same. I move mm-hmm. I'm working with my body rather than against her and and I think this striving like how 
boring would it be if we all looked exactly the same? Yeah. Like we're not all the same people. We're all different shapes. And we, you know, I think the amount of money and the industry around making us feel not X or Y or Z enough, mm. all of us, men and women, mm. Um, is incredibly damaging. It and, is. you know, you could look out a layer and look at societally, if we're all so obsessed with ourselves, where is our capacity for being obsessed with the well-being of others? You know, if, if we're if all of our time is taken on ourselves yeah. um, and not the ourselves as in you should be, you know, you should be balancing everything about yourself. But if if you're over obsessing about what, society or what media or whatever is telling you is wrong with you what an awful way to wake up every day you yeah. know and the, the just in terms of the vibration on the planet if we all loved ourselves a little bit more then we it would be easier to love each other yeah i want to ask you as well just about because we were talking about before the mics were turned on yeah. <laughs> um the language that you were saying that that um, was used around kind of having cancer. Yeah. Um, and how you found that just as we're, I mean, I suppose we're talking about how we talk to our bodies and what we say yeah. about our bodies. I mean, what is said to you when you're diagnosed with cancer and the kind of language that's used around that you were saying. Yeah. I I was really didn't... uncomfortable with yeah. the cancer language. And and as I'm chatting to all the Plurabel ladies, um, I'm, I'm finding that they kind of felt similar. I, I think I I felt uncomfortable about the cancer language around Kathy because the inference was that if you, you know, you're you're battling cancer. So then if you lost, you failed. And like. Yeah. And it, it used you're not to make me strong cry. For, yeah. yeah. And it yeah. was, or you, and here we were again with the not X or Y enough. It's like, yeah. For fucking who? Like, yeah. And it, it, I remember it around Kathy and I was like, she didn't fail at anything. She was glorious in, in how accepting she was at the end. Um, and, she, but she fought with everything she had for everyone she had. And you um, all fought with her. So. And, and, but, and and then when it came to having it myself, um, just the language around it just made me really uncomfortable. And I, I never, I didn't battle once. I just trusted. And I think I love language like trust, support, um, endure maybe rather than, you know, there are different yeah. languages okay. I think that we can use around cancer journeys. There are so many cancers. There are cancer. There's nobody who I've ever met who hasn't had cancer in their family. So yeah. it's up to us, I think, to change. Maybe look at that language and it's related to the body again, like support. You know, I, I your your body engages. It supports it. Um, you know, it thrives. It reacts it turns up you know all of these positive things rather than yeah. the battling and the warrioring and the you know you're not in battle it's yeah. your body why would you why in god's name would you stand at opposite sides and battle each other yeah, it's your body with it. you're working with it mm. i remember being afraid when kathy was diagnosed i was never one day afraid and and the only thing really that upset me for my entire cancer journey really was how much it's upset the ones I love yeah like that 
was the hardest part. Yeah. It was like just, I had a job to do. I, I had a thing to get through, but, yeah. you know, I couldn't imagine being one of them, watching them go through it. Do you know what See, I mean? See, when you're saying it's you weren't afraid, they were fucking they afraid. Were petrified. They yeah. were the ones yeah. that were afraid. There's no space for you to be afraid in, in, in where you, you are when you time. get that diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. There's no room for yeah. for it. <laughs> you just, as you say, yeah. you have to just... Or your body won't it, d- won't do it. Your body won't let you do that because yeah. it's doing negative stuff to your body. Your body yeah. is keeping you positive. So, yeah. But like just the... Like if I could take any of it back, it would be just the, the worry. Fear. Yeah, and the worry yeah. for them. Yeah. Let's think about that dear body. <laughs> what would you say to your body today? Just a massive thank you. Thank and, you. And yeah. you're looking great. And, you know, and you're you're doing all the, the right things. And I hope you're enjoying all the gifts I'm giving you. Being off the booze and, yeah. and being out in the water and... You know, it's, yeah. it's great that you're still here and, and you know, it's, it's working brilliantly and it never stopped working brilliantly. She, yeah. she just did a brilliant job. Your but sound. also your hair is lovely. And your hair is massive. <laughs> your hair is massive. Welcome back Since to Coral. Thursday. Um, I ask all my guests if I, because I write about, actually, I have to talk about your brother, Theo yes. Dorgan. Yeah, because Theo Dorgan is your brother and yes. he's like... The real deal. Like he is. Proper poet. So are you, and Paula, as well. Like, um, yeah, they're amazing. But like, I did, you know, when the whole book came out, I was just like, "What will the real poets think?" Stop <laughs> it. But do you know what? There's room for the way I say things as well. Yeah. So, you know, that's yeah. fine. But it's um, not a hierarchy. And, and you, were, no one reminds me more of Paula me. than you. So ah. Paula and 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 they are the real deal. But so are you. And I mean, yeah. I know they both read the book, and I know they both love it. So yeah. don't be thinking that there's. And that's the great thing about all of the arts and my experience in music in Ireland. You know, in theatre and and literature and stuff. People are generally so freaking sound to each other and supportive of each yeah. other. You know, it's not not how I've seen it anyway and not my own lived experience. There's no like competition, really. Yeah. People, the good ones, the really genuinely good, talented, wonderful artists are genuinely celebrate everyone's success yeah. Yeah. Um, because they love and enjoy success themselves when they yeah. allow themselves enjoy it there's a whole yeah. other podcast in in trying to teach musicians the muscle to enjoy what they do and see the gift that they have of creating which is what you do is creating art and beauty out of thin air like yeah. there's only about five percent of you in the, you know in the country who can do in the planet who can do that the rest of us can't do that and and we rely on you to um translate stuff for us and and your book translated covid for us it helped yeah. us all deal with it and while you might think it was a stab in the dark and thing it was a really powerful tool oh. for a load of people to help them deal with what was going on and and and, and yeah. even just that poem in the body allowed me to articulate now and this week something that i've been struggling to articulate since my diagnosis yeah you know i if if it wasn't for that poem in our chat today, you know, I haven't had, I haven't been able to say all these things out yeah. loud. 
Oh, I love but it. Parts love of them it. in conversations yeah. with different people, but not all together. And that's the power, yeah. I think, of poetry. Wow. Jesus, Angela. Oh, <laughs> I feel amazing. Good. You should. So if I was to write a poem about you today, <laughs> what would be the theme? Um, what I feel more now than I ever had or had the confidence to, and that's the other thing, weirdly, getting something like cancer gives you is confidence. more confidence. I am just, I am, I take no prisoners anymore. I go after what I want. I, I, I you know, I'm not asking anyone's permission. And, and as a woman in the music industry, there's yeah. an awful lot of people who think you should be asking them permission before you have a brilliant idea and run with it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just not. I'm going for stuff. And I suppose a poem about me would be about the, the honour of doing that for musicians that I am in a job where I can make some people's lives easier softer um, less less frightening um, more productive kinder yeah and and as well with the, with the basic income thing I think I've just it, it's been such an honour to do what I do for a living yeah um, and make a difference and leave a legacy and 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 that's the other thing when you get sick like that, you're like, what have I done? You know, what what have I achieved yeah. in my life? Yeah. And and, you know, all through COVID and when it was, you know, really tough work and you were getting, you know, sometimes attacked from all sides. And you're like, I know why I'm doing this. My intention is good. Your it's intention. Yeah. It's 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 for the right reasons. And I Always. will, st- you know, there will be people disappointed on the way there will be people but it was you know if you do everything with integrity and honesty um, and I suppose I'd love that to be a poem written about me my brother Theo wrote me a gorgeous poem which I wanted to bring today and I totally forgot about it was for my 50th and it it encapsulated you know the work I do and why I do it and and he he had kind of the music industry like a morning and everyone waking up what they'll do next and they're all unaware that there's a protector who's been up an hour before them getting out in front of them and making it easier and and some of them won't even recognize and I thought that was you know for me really kind of summed up you know what it is we at FMC do do sounds like I don't have to write actually because Theo Jordan (laughs) has already written it got there before (laughs) I'll leave it to him yeah oh Angela Dorgan thank you so much thank you I I love love the bones off you oh my god I love you and thanks for all the work that you do all the amazing work that you do thank you thanks love Oh, Angela's amazing, isn't she? Come here, don't forget that you can get a new episode of Everybody is a Poem fortnightly brought to you by the Head Stuff Podcast Network and you can listen to new and previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody is a Poem is recorded and produced here in Dublin so it's guaranteed Irish and I couldn't do it without the team at the podcast studios and I wouldn't do it without you. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.